Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Toms. I'm Julie, your trauma-informed movement coach. I'm Dr. Tom in beautiful Arizona. And today we're going to be diving into the world of breathwork. And I just want to start off this podcast by saying that for some people, the word breathwork might be a little bit apprehensive. They might be, you know, like, oh yeah, I breathe. I'm okay. What we want to do is really dive into the different types of breathwork that can help support your healing because we know this is a fantastic portal to the parasympathetic state that your body needs to be in, in order for you to heal. So that being said, if you are someone that comes from the Ayurvedic world, or if you come from the somatic world, or you're the trauma healing world, whatever background you have, we may be using different terminology that you know, but hopefully we want you, you understand that there are certain techniques. If you have trauma, which we all know everybody does, because you've been listening to our podcast, everybody has trauma, epigenetics, right? If you have trauma, there are certain breath exercises that won't resonate with your nervous system yet. And so what is important, what I what I personally want to get across with this podcast is helping you understand your own body and understand that what it being told to do alternate nostril breathing, for instance, that may not resonate with you. And that's because of your trauma right now. So there are different exercises that we can offer to to get you going in terms of uh, befriending your nervous system. And we want to dive into that a little bit. So dad, did you want anything else, add anything else to that before I, I do our first breathing exercise today? No, start with the exercise and then we'll talk a little bit more about breath work itself. Okay. So the breath exercise that I would like to, uh, take you through today is called heart focused breathing. So what you're going to do with this one is you're going to touch your hand to your heart and imagine breathing into the heart area. What we're going to do is we're going to breathe in for five to six seconds and then breathe out to five to six seconds. The fo what I'd like you to do is focus on a memory that evokes a positive feeling or something feeling of joy, something of love, something peaceful, gratitude, compassion, whatever word resonates with your nervous system. And we're going to do this for three minutes. Okay. So the magical number of three, I love that number three. Um, this is going to help you engage your parasympathetic nervous system, get some energy, get clearer thinking. It's going to improve body function and less body pain, possibly. So we're going to find out. So the only way we really know is to try it, right? And so for those of you that listened to our last podcast, we talk about HRV. So what you could technically do before you do this exercise with me is pause, go get your HRV or test it on the visible app or whatever thing you have, test it now. We're gonna do the exercise and then test it after. And you're gonna see biologically, did this exercise help me feel better, right? And then if you don't wanna do that, that's fine. Then you're just going to, what I'd like you to do right here, right now, is I want you to assess how you feel on a scale of one to 10. Just, you know, like just take a quick body scan. I'm feeling, right? So um, how are you feeling first thing? And that or if you're listening to this at night, what are you at, okay? Cool. Are we good, Dad? Let's go. All right, here we go. So go ahead and place a hand on your heart. If you want to place both hands on your heart, you can, or one hand on your uh, on your heart and one hand behind your head, wherever you feel comfortable. But uh, I'm going to do personally. I'm going to do my hands on my heart. Okay. Go ahead, and I'm gonna just going to count your timing, and we're going to do this for three minutes. You just focus on a memory that evokes positive feeling, joy, love, peace, gratitude, and compassion. Begin now. Breathe in. One, two, three, four, five. Release. Two, three, four, 
five breathe in two three four five breathe out one three four five breathe in two three four five and out three four five in one two three four five and out three four five breathe in breathe out breathe in and out breathe in and out breathe in out breathe in release inhale exhale inhale exhale in out breathe in last minute breathe out inhale exhale in out the last 30 seconds in release breathe in out breathe in last time and fully release your last breath and bring all the joy peace gratitude and compassion to your heart well done come on back now you gotta wake up <laughs> how'd that feel for you dad well it's like many of the techniques it's uh the one that resonates the most but uh, i suspect our listeners like me are very relaxed it's a it's a very comforting thing it's going to be a great way to you know put into your day at any point of the day uh but we'll talk about other techniques and that kind of stuff so it's obviously going to feel good i i can't imagine somebody not appreciating that for three minutes just you know taking <laughs> yeah, taking a point. break from whatever their day is uh per se which makes us realize oh i need to do this more often which is really right. what breath work is all about exactly i think yeah and i mean what you're saying too is is i think a lot of times people forget and they just don't have the prompt to hey i have three minutes what can i do you know, to, to support myself and regulate helps, you know, self-regulate myself. And so, so coming from, from someone who 
I when I'm in work mode, I'm going like 100 miles an hour. And then let's say I get a last minute cancellation. So when I go from 100 to zero, I really struggle. So I found that doing this type of breathing helps me like downshift from that 100 to maybe an 80. So I'm not just going straight to zero because that's so uncomfortable in the nervous system when you're like, go, 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 survival, survive, survive. And then it's like, boom, you got to break. What do I do now? And I think doing some type of breath work can definitely help that. So the thing that's important to know with breath work is breath work uh, in terms of trauma. There are a whole bunch of different techniques that we can offer you and we'll dive into that a little bit more. But the idea is what can breath work really offer you? So just know that breath work is a therapeutic practice centered on the conscious control of your your breath and it's holistic healing. It's a deliberate. So the, it involves deliberate breathing exercises and techniques. The idea is that we want to reduce stress, promote relaxation, um, and release, release emotional tension. And for me, I, I feel that it's an easy portal, easy doorway for people to gain insights into what they may be holding on to. So emotions tend to get stuck in our body and they can show up as dis-ease, you know, but a lot of times, you, you know, if you're just sitting here, just what I want you to do is just take a pinch. What's, what, do, what does your jaw feel like? Just like open your mouth a little bit and shake it around, drop your shoulders, right? And just notice, am I holding tension anywhere in my body right now? And what breath work can do is that it helps us bring awareness to where I might be holding tension in my body and actually offer you an opportunity to release it. So breath work has an, a profound impact on your body specifically because it influences the, the physiological processes and promoting overall well-being. So uh, am I going to take a step back for people, first of all? And, you know, interestingly in society, you know, we always have this idea, oh, this is uh, this is something that's new. No, that's some, something couldn't be farther from the truth. COVID is the type of thing that I have found you know, in practice and, you know, seeing patients for the last uh, half century, that that breath work is something that people almost had more time to do. People were alone, they were bored. Uh, what am I going to do? You start hearing about the amount of stress that people were under during the whole pandemic. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to, I was isolated, et cetera, et cetera. So like many things that happen, it I would say it became more popular, but I want to I want to remind people that yoga has been around for centuries, many centuries, a couple of thousand, three thousand years, perhaps, uh, maybe even longer. So it's not something that's new. It was realized, you know, before the time of Christ, uh, that breathing was something that could be controlled manually as well as automatically, which is what we do most of the day uh, in general. And so yoga was a practice that was developed uh, more about breath work and breathing than it was about the actual postures. The postures are, from a physical aspect, the breath work, I would say, as you said, is almost more about the emotional aspect and the spiritual aspect and connecting uh, with the you know outer world, if you like, the world that's outside of our physical body. And so the postures allow us to do resistance. It allows us to strengthen uh, our actual frame. But the breath work is the is the connection uh, to the, let's say, the outside world uh, beyond our physical structure. 
So what I found as, you know, I have, as people have done that and are aware of that, uh, what I found is, is that more and more of my patients are starting to now develop a sense of, oh, I actually can feel that I'm stressed because the vast majority, 99.99% of people, that when I ask them, and I ask all, all patients, what's your stress level like? Some will say, oh, it's really, it's awful off the chart. And I'll say, in what regard? And invariably, it'll be a specific thing. It'll be a specific thing like their work, colleagues that in their work situation, their living situation. I mean, it, it will be specific. And, and so I'll say, well, you know what the first stress that you experience every day is? And they'll say, well, it's getting to work. I said, no, before that. And the first stress that we experience is going from a lying to a standing position, which really, that's a stress. Yeah, do you, can you tell it? No, I can't tell that that's a stress. But when people are have over a period of time are practicing breath work, uh, what they start to realize is that they start to feel that there's a physiologic change going from lying to standing. And that's because we're starting to activate our sympathetic nervous system. And we know that when we're standing, walking, moving, our body immediately goes into the place of flight and fright. And so we know that 60% of the day we spend in that particular system, protection, survival, if you like. And the goal is to get 40% of the day back into the parasympathetic. But we live in a lifestyle that it's not, it's in my patients anyway, it's sympathetic dominance is overwhelming that where most people live. And those of you who have been with us through all these podcasts know we have talked over and over about the importance of, of allowing yourself to get into a parasympathetic state. And not just the time when you're eating your meals, which is required for digestion to occur properly, uh, but also when you're sleeping and getting restful sleep. So that after you've slept seven and a half to eight hours, the goal is not, oh my God, I feel like I haven't slept yet. Or, oh my gosh, the day is ready to begin. I truly am refreshed. I'm ready to go. Uh, things are, it's going to be a, an, another great day, just like yesterday was, just like last week was. But we know that, unfortunately, many people in society, that's not what they sense. So the function today is to, you know, you can go through your nine your nine things of breath work at this point, what, what it physiologically is going to do. But we have to start somewhere. And, you know, people say, oh, gosh, we've already, in the last three, now the third podcast in a row, we have a different technique for uh, talking about breathing, and there's more to come. So... I'm going to let you go through that. And then I'll talk more about what my patients are experiences when we basically are starting with something simple. But before I do, I just want to read it. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about like breath work and emotions. And I think why a lot of people like take breathing for granted is because most of our lives, we don't want to, we've worked really, really hard when you're in survival, you work really, really hard not to feel, you don't want to feel your emotions. And when we just breathe or when you actually bring mindful breathing i'll say to the table it actually brings awareness to what i'm feeling like you just said like your patients actually can feel the stress and i think that's the issue that 
on the table that people are really not aware of is that, oh my gosh, I've, or you might be aware, like, oh yeah, I, I totally disassociate. I like work really hard to not feel what I feel because let's be honest, feeling can hurt, right? So especially when you have those heavier emotions like shame and guilt and abandonment and feeling, you know, lonely and all those, like those are heavy and they, but they exist in our body. And when you start doing breath work, what's going to happen is that you're going to start feeling those feelings. And so I think there might be some fear that, and that's totally legit for some people is that they might start breathing and then they start feeling the feelings of fear. And they're like, what do I do now? Right. And now this is where in my world, we talk about like holding space for or leaning into, or yeah, you just want to, you know, hang out with the emotions that are in your body. And breath work is one of those exercises like that's why like for instance the heart centered one that we did today we did it for three minutes we didn't do for one we didn't do for two we did it for three because it does take some time for emotions to be acknowledged in our body so i don't know if so just like take a step back it so emotions actually come from sensations so if we just do a little quick nervous system breakdown how emotions come up is that your body like we talked about my dad so i'm like i love that you talked about it like with the whole orchestra the brains the conductor and the organs of this uh, are the instruments and it just gave me such a powerful visual in terms of what can i do to create the symphony in my body and breath work allows that to happen. And sometimes the symphony isn't, you know, tuned properly because I haven't been feeling certain emotions or I haven't, you know, really brought awareness to a particular area. And I've been using that and I've also been using a whole gardening analogy. So by doing breath work, there's going to be a physiological shift in your body. So I'll go through the nine of them for you. And I want you to, to keep in mind that you know, like there are going to be shifts in your body of what's actually happening. But the idea is we want to keep practicing it. It's not just a one and done. We don't just do the heart focused breathing like once a week and be like, okay, I did it. I did what they just said. You know, we want to practice something that can um, allow us to hang out with, hold space for, or lean into whatever emotions do show up. So physiologically, what does breath work actually offer you? It actually offers stress reduction, which we all know that most people you know, if you're listening to this, you know you have stress. We've talked about the stress bucket. We've talked about HRV, oxygenation, oxygenation obviously increases your oxygen supply. And so just on a side note with this is that, so for some of the breathing exercises, some people will do it and they get this like dizziness or like kind of brain fog, not brain fog, but they get dizzy. And that's because there's an O2, CO2 imbalance. And that's just when we actually slow down your breathing, we're going to change the pressure in your brain and body. So yeah, so we can talk about that later if you want, but obviously heart and blood pressure. So that's something we're actually going to talk about in our next podcast on how we can help con uh, our heart and blood pressure. Lung function, obviously, by improving your lung capacity. Detoxification. So if you didn't already hear, if you haven't heard it already, we've talked about this before. In order to detoxify, you breathe it out, you pee it out, or you sweat it out. Breathing super powerful to get rid of those toxic invaders. Pain management. So um, just side note, yesterday, we bought my daughter some new uh, dressers yesterday. and. <laughs> They were freaking heavy. And let me tell you, if I did not practice my breathing, I probably would have like dropped it, dropped these things on my foot and hurt myself. But breath work, oh my God, it was 
super helpful when moving heavy furniture, just have to say. So um, anyway, emotional regulation, that's what I'm talking about. I think that's where a lot of people might be hesitant on breath work because it does allow you, it opens that door for feeling your emotions. Mind-body connection, obviously mindfulness, when you actually slow down, you actually get to hang out with and be mindful and bring that awareness because the first step to healing, first step, first step of healing club, as I always say, in my groups is uh awareness so it's really that mind body connection breath work brings that that you know awareness to where am i holding tension in my body and lastly immune function so we all know that when we are stressed our immune system goes down so breath work is a fantastic way to boost your immune system so there's some amazing benefits but i think like I don't know. What are your thoughts on the, on the whole emotional link to breath work and why people might be hesitant? I'm like that to me is like, oh my god, that makes what that makes sense why somebody wouldn't want to try it because I actually have to feel like, oh my god, I don't want to feel. That's probably more the reason that they don't continue more so than and plus the fact that it's an it's an automatic, you know, it's a unconscious behavior, and so most people are not don't focus on their breathing because of the fact they said, well. Why do I have to do that? We have brought up uh, in previous podcasts that, you know, uh, in the turn of the of uh, the 1900s, the average person only was breathing five, six, seven times a minute. Now it's uh, 16, 17, 18, 20 times a minute. And said, well, what's happened in between? Probably based on what we've just already been talking about is this, that there's we went from a totally uh, aspect of doing things in the 1900s for for more for relaxation but now with the chronic stressors that that uh, our society has put upon ourselves we basically have just continued to make it an automatic behavior and the aspect of starting to feel things that you may not may know or may not know it totally makes sense that the emotional aspect, and I suspect that this is the whole component that why yoga became so popular uh, and has maintained one of you know one of the older traditions as far as healthcare is concerned is the aspect of consciousness to try and allow yourself to appreciate what is what are you truly feeling, not anger or abandonment or wondering why you have it, but tapping into the underlying reason which is why, of course, we do the whole brain protocol therapy with people, which is why breathing and breath work and lymphatics and water and all our other basic treatment guidelines are absolutely essential. So are is one more essential than another? Is this one that we're talking about uh, on this podcast more essential? No, it's, it's another tool. It's another tool, just like drinking enough water is a tool, uh, just like doing an HRV is, is another tool. Uh, just like getting enough sleep is another tool. So these are all pictures. These are all pieces of the of the thousand, you know, thousand piece puzzle. And they are, you know, they're not a single piece. They're multiple pieces because there's many pieces of it. But you can't leave it out. So, you know, what, what we want you to leave this podcast with uh, is the idea that how essential that this component is and how and it's just as important as doing a kestrel pack it's just as, in, as important as drinking you know half your body weight in water it's just as important as dry skin brushing it's just as important as getting enough sleep being in routine etc cetera, etc cetera. and none of these should be sort of put on the background and if anything this may be one of the easiest ones to do 
once you are in the habit of doing it. And that's probably for most people, the greatest challenge. So what I have started to recommend, and it's interesting, the push, the pushback you get, we know that, you know, just in general, away from breathing, we see more and more recommendations that every hour you should get up and move. Uh, you should change your vision. You should not keep staring at a computer screen or keep your your nose in a book or whatever it is that you're doing uh, for that period of time. And so what I've started to recommend to people is, is that every hour on their phone or a note or a little alarm that they stand up and move uh, for that one minute. And in that one minute, I'm saying, why are you moving? The best thing you should do is do, uh, you know, and I'm starting with box breathing. And so basically, if you do box breathing, you know, four in, hold for four, out for four, wait for four, you do that four times, you basically have taken your minute up. So every every hour, if you do that, you meaning you do it multiple times a day, and the people say, well, I won't remember to do that. I said, then start, just put put notes, put a note on your kitchen cupboard, put a note on the dashboard of your car, put a no note on your on your, your bathroom mirror, places that you're going to see it. And like anything, uh, once you start to do it, it'll become a habit. And maybe it'll take you three months or six months to get in the habit of doing it. But if you put it in your in your car, what I what I personally do is every time you're at a stoplight, you see it because it's right there. And you're sitting there for one or two minutes. It's like, oh, this is a great time to do that. Standing in line at the bank, standing in line at the grocery store, standing in line, you know, in a movie theater, wherever you just get in the habit of when you're standing, it's the perfect opportunity to put yourself into that space. So breathing, I won't say it's it's elevated to a, a more important component of the basic treatment guidelines, but it has become more evident the importance and the feedback from the patients, as you said earlier, uh, is that people are starting to be able to feel that their stress. They're starting to know that their stress is building up and they are then taking the opportunity to do, you know, the, a, a technique that is the most, maybe they haven't found it yet, but they're trying different ones as we are sharing in the podcast. I will continue to share because one, the, the you know, the, not one size fits all, but you have to start somewhere. And an easy one to start with that I found with patients is just try box breathing. But I'll I'll save a, a comment about that later. I'll let you chime in here. Okay, so I got a couple things. So first, going back to the the yoga statement, I wanna um, like you talked about like the type of yoga you're talking about is more like Eastern style because I find that there's a big difference between Eastern yoga and Western yoga. So it's been an ancient practice, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people go to a yoga class. And, you know, and I'm definitely one of those people, I'm yoga teacher certified. And what happened though, because I was taught more Western minded, I, I actually, like my mom was certified in yoga and used to teach it and I used to go to her classes and it was much more, she was taught more classical, like Eastern and whatnot. But for me, the Western style became very competitive. It became, it wasn't really about like the breath work there, the, it really, like I, would show up and I'm like, I'd be doing a pose and I'm like, well, I was able to do this last time. And I, and I was always like getting better and better. And, and I'm like, oh, that girl's really flexible. Why am I not that flexible? And blah, blah, blah. It's comparison. So 
I just want to say like the yoga you're talking about is that Eastern practice and it is very different from the Western practice, what we see today. So there are different, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not analogies, but like principles that they teach. It's different. It's like, I feel like Western has, it became, it became like a workout for people and yoga is not a workout. It's about offering, offering a space for you to like my dad's been talking about a space for you to slow down and connect with yourself and really hang out with this parasympathetic part of you and just check in on what's happening inside of you. So that's one thing I want to say. The other thing like you're just talking about is like habit stacking. So you put the notes hundred percent. That's a, that's a, like I use that with my clients as well, but uh, to to complement what you're saying, yes, put the notes. Another thing you could do, and this is from the behavior change model, what you do is you stack it with something that you already do every day. So you, let's say like you're gonna, I'm gonna do a breathwork exercise. Let's say you make coffee every day. You're gonna do it before you turn on the coffee maker or you know when before you pick up your coffee you're going to um do a breath work before you know you sit down for your meal you could do it then like my dad said at a stoplight i do the same thing <laughs> i do different ones and so what you do is just pick a you know every time i i check my email cuz there's actually something called email apnea i don't know if people know this but when people read their email they actually hold their breath so this is you know like oh yeah you know if you've been if you're that person you're like a, like my dad has a bajillion emails you know like you're like Ooh! and then you hold your breath and yeah it's a thing it's a thing so you know maybe doing a breath work exercise before you open your email or do it after whatever stack it with something that you know you already do every day right at the end of the day and that's what i recommend to my clients so then it's easier you're like oh yeah i'm doing the thing okay i'm gonna do my breath work and then it's just like it becomes that snap habit right it's already something that i already do because i find a lot of people when they're trying to change change a habit or bring in habits a lot of times and this is where i talk about the garden analogy this is my final thing so i'll let you tell about um your 444 the garden analogy i like to use is breath work is a fabulous way to think about like my dad in his book and in the brain protocol talks about like what we're trying to do is really navigate your terrain and so what I was talking with a friend about is that imagine that you right now are just trying to tend to your terrain. And so the question is, are you spending most of your time pulling weeds, tilling the soil, you know, finding rocks? Or are you using the old school, you know, ox in that whatever machine was behind the ox to till the garden? Or do you have the state of the art, fancy dancy, multi-million dollar tractor that you're, you know, t tending to your terrain? Which one of the tools are you using? Or are you focused on nurturing your soil? Are you watering it? Are you fertilizing it? Are you, and what are you, you know, how are you tending to? So I want you to think about breath work as a way of is this breath work that this breath work exercise like my dad's going to talk about with this patient does does box breathing for instance is that am i using that to pull like to 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 pull the weeds is that i'm, I'm is it more of an outward type of exercise or is it more i'm nurturing am i pulling or am i pushing or pulling if you think of it that way right am i planting or am i tending right so there are different ways to look at it in terms of breath work and that's where that's what i found in my world is that so you know there's a bajillion different exercises like honestly like even on, on my list i think i have like 15 different ones so like fire breathing is going to be very different than 478 breathing or 421 breathing or 444 or you're like oh my god i don't know what you're talking about everybody and that's the other thing too is everybody has a different name 
alternate nostril breathing, figure eight breathing, hand tracing breathing, anxiety breathing, blowing out the candle. Oh my God, there's so many I can go on. But if you just choose, like my dad's going to talk about like box breathing. If you think about it, how does that support your garden and your terrain? Okay. Just think of it that way. Am I planting or am I pulling? Is this a time that I, oh, I found some weeds. I got to go to pull the weeds. Okay. I'm going to use this box breathing as an exercise to pull the weeds. And so that my garden can grow. And the thing too is like, oh, you know, over there in that little plot, what am I going to plant over there? Am I going to plant some flowers or some vegetables or some trees? I don't know. It's up to you, right? For me, when I talk to my clients, it's become a very visual and very, you're like, oh my God, I get that. I get that. So then that makes it easier for you to be able to make that switch to be like, okay, what breathing drill am I going to do? Am I planting or am I pulling? Right. And then you can go from there. Cool. Okay. I'll let you talk about your client now. No, that's great. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great aspect of, of uh, trying to go into the real depth of why we're doing this particular podcast. And, you know, and as you started, uh, and as you just said, there's many different types of technique. And so what's what's become interesting also as as uh, i put more emphasis on that uh, with patients is patients are coming back and say it's not easy to do it's really difficult to do it properly uh, if you're going to do it properly because <laughs> yes. you know people will say well i you know I, i'll put take a deep breath and they go <laughs> i mean that's kind of the end of it they you know they just think that it just means breathe in uh, as as much air as you can and then breathe it out we're, we're actually talking about something that actually has a much more therapeutic benefit. But just this week, there was uh, a couple of patients that came in and, uh, you know, in, in a previous visit, I had uh, talked to them about box breathing, which is the the four 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 four, a simple way of doing it. And they both came back and said, uh, that didn't work at all for me. I, I didn't like it. It didn't do anything for me. So I said, well, what did you do? They So interesting, you just mentioned it. Uh, so the one gentleman said, Oh, what really works for me is the four, seven, eight. Yeah. He says, I go to bed. I can't shut my brain off. I, my brain is active and busy and, you know, I'm ruminating and then I can't fall asleep or I wake up and I can't shut my brain off. He said the box breathing did nothing but the four, seven, eight. And so, you know, we're not here to uh, basically tell you every technique of what that means, but because uh, Dr. Google knows everything, if you just put in four, <laughs> yeah. seven, eight and breathing show. Listen to uh, yeah. future podcasts. We'll, we'll do four, seven, eight, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so the idea is, is that for some people, box breathing is not going to be satisfying, but yeah. four, seven, eight is, or, you know, as Julie just said, you know, one of the other techniques we started off today with, you know, three minutes trying to, Focused. trying to associate your know, focus, uh, you know, the, the heart, the heart breathing. So we have all these types of things, but the bottom line is, there is a technique, there is one of the techniques, whatever you want to call it, that is going to be the most uh, effective for you because of your terrain, because of your past experiences, because of your learned perceptions of how you interact with the world, because of you know your belief systems, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we are not here to be to tell you the end all be all and the right way to do it we're here to say that there's many ways there's many roads that lead to rome we're trying to uh, um, open the pathway for you to be to be realistic and understand that this is something that i really need to be practicing on a uh, on a regular basis and to try and make it a part of my everyday life 
just like I get up every day, I eat every day, I drink water every day, et cetera, et cetera. Breathing is an unconscious behavior, but it's uh, and it's a natural law, obviously. But now it's we're trying to, uh, because of the level of education we've hopefully imparted over the last couple of years of doing these podcasts, you're and listening to this one, you're you're starting to realize that this is something that's easy to do. It's always with you. You don't have to. You don't need any equipment. It's very inexpensive. It doesn't cost you anything. It's, it's totally free. Take two. Free. You know, it's free. The, take two. The, the the aspect of you know people think oh this biological medicine is expensive. This one is the nature, natural laws are not that expensive. Uh, you make no. an investment in some castor oil and a and a flannel and that kind of thing, but you're already doing everything else. So, but yet the the benefits go without saying that these are the types of things which will help, you know, we'll talk about in the next podcast, many of our listeners have been asking about because they are taking different medications for product or condition XYZ. Is there a way to incorporate these types of things which will allow me to, you know, maybe wean off some of these things or wean down on a dosage or whatever? And so it'll be a broken record, but guess what? We're going to talk about some of these same type things as a reminder of what people are doing on an everyday basis. So uh, the clients, my patients are, are certainly engaged in this process. They are engaged in the aspect of looking for things that they can do for themselves and doing it once a day is better than no times a day. Doing it multiple times a day, makes it become a habit, but we put no time limit on this. You're going to be taking, you're going to be breathing the entire rest of your life. So you have the entire rest of your life to figure out which one works the best for you. And it will take that long because you're going to find some work better than others, just as my clients uh, this week are, are already giving me feedback in regard to that. So we can move forward from that perspective of the importance of how breath work becomes uh, an important healing component no matter what challenges that you're dealing with in, in your own personal life. Exactly. I mean, I'm just, you said it exact, uh, perfectly. So all I'm going to say is uh, just to, to parrot the, there is no right way to breathe. You just have to find the one that resonates with you and your nervous system. And that's why it's like, there's nothing wrong with you if box breathing doesn't work. There's nothing wrong with you if 478 doesn't work. You know, there's different ones. So if you do go to a yoga class and they're like, you should be able to do this. And you're like, I can't because you can't hold your breath that long afterwards that's okay like i'm that person like i do not hold my breath very well after an exhale i'm that person but i also know this part of my trauma history so when you can start understanding why your body responds in certain ways and then just lean into that there's some definitely some freedom that comes on the tail end so but like my dad said, we're going to be talking about next podcast. We're going to be talking about, is it possible to get off some prescription drugs? And because I know that's something that I, I get asked that a lot as well. Like, can I, can I take drugs while, to, while I'm doing these other things? And we'll dive into that. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you supporting us and we look forward to talking to you next time. Talk to you soon.
We want to remind you that knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power, where knowledge turns to experience. We encourage you to implement the information shared, allowing you to shift your health and energy. And if this is your first time listening, we truly appreciate you being here and would love to have your support by subscribing to our channel. We also love hearing from you, so please connect with us and share your thoughts. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please let us know. If you're interested in learning more about biological medicine or trauma-informed movement, check out the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you in the future.